Welcome to The Whole Marketer, where we look at the holistic skills, the technical skills, soft skills, leadership skills, and personal understanding that marketers of today need to grow the brands and businesses of tomorrow. We're here to ensure that marketers feel supported and empowered to have successful and fulfilling careers and lives as a whole. Hello, and welcome to The Whole Marketer podcast. Today's episode is a technical skill. It's marketing effectiveness. And shortly, we welcome today's guest, Rachel Moss, Head of Strategy and Planning in Camelot, onto the podcast. But before we do, let me tell you why I believe marketing effectiveness to be so important. Many marketers are still on a journey to having full accountability of the commercial agenda of the brands and businesses within their organization. One of the key steps to build the wider organizational confidence in our ability as marketers to do this is to start by demonstrating the effectiveness of our marketing investment at a strategic, tactical and campaign level. It is therefore essential that we carefully select and invest in defining, setting, tracking and reviewing these KPIs across the levels to demonstrate not only how our strategy is performing versus our plan, but also how effective our investment is in contributing towards this, as well as how the initiatives that we are bringing to market are performing and gathering the all important learnings. It also allows us to demonstrate ownership and control to the wider business. In our podcast today, we will discuss the importance of finding the right KPIs and metrics that reflect our long-term strategic thinking, the goals that we have for our brands and businesses, our brand metrics and initiatives, and how important it is to communicate this to all our key stakeholders, as well as reviewing and defining these with your agency partners to build greater alignment and accuracy and much, much more. Our guest today is Rachel Moss, Head of Marketing Strategy and Media at Camelot, the National Lottery. Rachel spent the early part of her career working on well-known FMCG brands such as Dare Lee, Terry's Chocolate Orange, Mr. Kipling and Ben's Original. She spent the last decade working at Camelot, who operates the National Lottery under license. Rachel's played a significant role in the National Lottery's recent success. The brand is in its best ever health and continues to deliver strong sales and the best ever returns to good causes. This performance has been driven by a focus on a brand-led approach and a doubling in media investment over the last five years. She enjoys helping others succeed in marketing and mentors on the Marketing Leadership Masterclass, as well as for OKO and Bloom. Outside of work, she's a wife, mum, keen amateur gardener, and a really great friend of mine. Rachel, welcome to the Whole Marketer podcast. Thanks, Abby. Great to be here. So as always, we start with a big juicy question. And today's big juicy question is, what is marketing effectiveness to you? So for me, marketing effectiveness is an outcome and it's all about the impact of the value created when the marketing team find the sweet spot between the business ambition and the customer. And it's something I don't think it happens overnight. I don't think it always goes right first time. And if at its most effective and more than marketing is involved. And also I think it needs to be simple. Sounds silly, but like lots of things, if your mum and dad can get their head around it, so can your CEO, your board and everyone across the business that you need to be involved to drive marketing effectiveness and to engage your customers and find that sweet spot between what customers want and what the business needs to happen. So it sounds like there's four components. One, clarity on the business outcome. Two, desired movement with the customer. Three, mm-hmm. ensuring that more than just marketing are involved. And four, making sure it's simple that everyone can understand. Yes. Yeah. And I think starting with that last one is 
communication is much a part of marketing effectiveness and making sure everyone's clear about what you're trying to achieve. So if you go back to what you just said about the clarity about the outcome, are your marketing objectives driving out the business objectives and what the CEO and the board are trying to achieve? Because if marketing is doing something different, then they're never going to get a seat at the table and they're never going to get the level of engagement we need to actually deliver what our customer wants and needs. It's all about building a team for me. So thinking about who's involved in a team, whether it's finance, insight, that everyone's clear about where you're trying to get to and keeping it simple and easy to understand. And then marketing is effective when the business gets it and it's delivering results. And actually people are using the words that you've coined. So nothing makes me prouder when I hear, so for example, in Camelot, we built our marketing plan around moments that matter. And when members of the board and CEOs talking about the moments that matter to our customers, then I know that they've got the message and actually by them talking about it to the wider business, as well as me and my team talking about it, then actually Everybody is understanding that we're trying to tap into what matters to the consumer. That's what we've built our plans around. And then the other bit, you feel marketing is effective when a colleague tells you they're proud of the work that you're doing and they can see and feel the business results it's making. So for me, it's a bit like when you're building a campaign and you're using a mix of media channels for that multiplicative effect, that actually marketing is effective in a business is when other parts of the business are also engaged with it. So for example, when HR takes it and celebrates it in their internal comms activity, because they know it's not just relevant to the National Roche's customers, but also to our internal teams. And therefore, they're helping us bring alive our consumer marketing plan. So it becomes like a flywheel. The more people are engaged and talk about it, then it becomes more than just the marketing plan. It's something that everyone has a part of. And I also think that marketing effectiveness is like all strategic outcomes based on making the right decisions for your business context. And I think we can all as marketeers judge other people's work, but actually what was the business context that that marketeer was operating in? And whilst you on the outside looking in might go, oh, that's not what I would have done. I don't know why they did that. What we don't always know is how the marketeer was inside the business, the decisions they'd had to make and the choices they made to deliver the best business outcome for their own business context and their consumer base. And I also think, you know, whatever size business you're working on, there's so much marketing theory out there to base your effectiveness on. So whether you start with Kotler or read How Brands Grow by Byron Sharp or Embrace Along the Short of It by Binet and Field, or just read everything Mark Ritson writes, I think there's so much that you can use to drive your own decision making within your organization, but absolutely starting at the top with what's the business drive to achieve? What's your customer need? How do you get people on board? And how do you tell it in a really, really simple way so that everyone can engage and understand it, but equally not forgetting you're trying to drive business outcomes and thinking about how you're going to measure those outcomes. And really, really importantly, never set yourself a KPI you don't know how to shift because actually you can't achieve marketing effectiveness and the business won't get that business credibility if you can't stand by the metrics you put in place against your marketing plan and see them shift or actually be able to understand if you don't move them why you didn't move them. So I think it doesn't happen overnight, but it's a team culture of understanding and simplicity of message that helps drive the marketing effectiveness. And I think people and teams drive those marketing results as much as the right strategy and plan. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I was working with a business recently who were asking for some help in defining their KPI framework. And the key 
So defining any KPI framework is, as you just said, that clarity around what the desired business outcomes are and ensuring that the choices that you've made, and I really love what you said there around the marketer internally knowing, you know, externally you might not be, why are they doing that? But actually internally, if they have the right data, insight, understanding of what is driving their brand growth and those business outcomes, then that should be what's fueling the decisions about what they do and bring to market. And we're not always privy to that. But the key thing there is having that clarity around what that business outcome is and that smart objective. You know, I always say it's about getting really clear on the from and to. You know, when I'm looking at award entries, I'm always looking for that clarity on where you were and where you wanted to get to in what time period and with whom. And therefore then setting the KPIs that reflect that. But couldn't agree more around marketing objectives, strategic objectives, campaign objectives, all laddering into business and corporate objectives. It should all ladder in. They should all be friends. And that's the only way really we're going to be able to define KPIs that matter. Marketing, as you said, to be seen as a key driver to that growth and delivering the vision for the business. And for us also as a profession to be seen as those change makers, because we are clear on what we are setting out to do and measuring, which is another thing, because I see so many KPIs being set or at least objectives being set, but not measured because they haven't allocated budget or investment to be able to track those KPIs. And as you've just said really clearly, do they even know how to impact that? So are they tracing a metric that they can measure, but they don't know what their influence as a marketer is to actually move it? Yes. So I think as marketeers, when we ask for that budget, we always ask quite often the thing, the tactic we want to do. And we don't think about, well, what's going to cost in terms of you know the brand tracking study or the consumer insight investment to know that we've achieved our objective. Also, if you're asking for a million, whether it's £10,000, a million pounds, or even £10 million, if you wrap in the cost of understanding whether you've achieved it or not at the same time, it's an easier ask because it will get lost in the ask and will seem like a smaller percentage. But going again, cap in hands of the business to ask for the measurement costs is so much harder. And also from personal experience, picking up about that measurement, one of the things that I did a few years ago. So when we reset the National Lottery Strategy and we did sign up to a load of KPIs, which were in the right ballpark, but we weren't shifting them. We couldn't understand why. So we got together a cross-functional team, including our agencies, to go, well, we set up these metrics and we said to the board that we were going to be able to move them and we're getting nowhere and actually what transpired is because the national lottery is such a big brand with you know such mass market levels of awareness for us to move one percentage point is like a smaller brand moving 10 percentage points so we actually then re-looked at all of our kpis we'd set and understood them through the agency's tracking and where we sat as a business in our percentile we were like in the 85th 90 percentile of all of their awareness metrics so therefore a tiny shift for us would move us up significantly in the percentiles and having that conversation around the right KPIs for your business, as well as for what you're trying to achieve is so important. And like I said, marketing is a journey. It's not always going to go right first time. And for us, one of the hiccups we had along the way is we wanted to invest in better, more effective marketing, but we set ourselves two ambitious targets based on our size of brand, which we'd never be able to achieve. And having that why isn't it working conversation and actually prove through the metrics and understanding the agency's database that actually it was working, but it was never going to shift as much as we'd hoped it would. 
it's a really important message because even if you have started with getting the clarity around what it is that you are trying to achieve as a business, you've set your objectives for marketing, you've written your plan about how you're going to deliver that, you've allocated budget to be able to track and measure that, and then you're sat there with this KPI dashboard framework, whatever that may be, and you're looking at those measures actually, how realistic are they? How realistic are they in the context of our brand, as you've just mentioned, in context of the market, the competitive set and realistic movement or expected anticipated movement from consumers and for the business. And that takes a lot of bravery to say, we're not moving. And a lot of people I would see would carry on, would carry on in the hope that those metrics move. Actually, what you did was take a pause and go, why are we not moving? Why are we not delivering? How is this performing in context? And actually that uncovered so much for you. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's down to a team. It wasn't just me. It was our data and insight partners. It was our tracking agency and also our advertising and media agencies just sitting together. And there are loads of far more numerate people for me in those teams to go, well, what, what's going on here? Let's lift up under the bonnet. Let's ask ourselves some different difficult questions. And it took about six weeks, but then to go, and actually within that time period, we discovered that we were looking at some of the right metrics, but actually there were some better metrics to realign to and then convincing and telling that story back up to the board. But then having done that reset moment, we did see the movement. And also the other thing I'd say, particularly because at the time we were looking at the impact of brand investment, is it takes a long time. Mm. Any strategy shift doesn't happen overnight. And I'd say it takes six to 12 months for you to really see the difference. So there's also what tidbits you need to put out there for the business so that you can show that you're doing a good job in terms of, I think a lot about leading and lagging indicators. So what are some of the things that you can talk about to the business that are going well? So if you're thinking about a new campaign, do you test your creative and prove that your creative is good to say, it's going to take a while before we see the consumer impact of this new campaign. But actually, we know that the creative is in the top 25% of all the ads in the UK. So that is a good indicator that we are on track and the numbers will come because I think you want to deliver so much as a marketer and you want to have the impact, but sometimes you have to be more patient than the business will want you to be or wants to be. So what are some of the conversations you can have about performance in the meantime? And even for those, I think, talking about you know, short-term ROIs, even if it's long-term campaign, drive something long-term, what are some of those short-term effects that you can talk about so people feel that change is on the way, even though the ultimate goal is going to be six to 12 months down the line? As you're speaking, there's this common theme around the amount of collaboration that you have to have in both the setting of the KPIs with your agency partners, you know, your insight your data peeps, your wider team to make sure that you are tracking the right metrics and setting a realistic KPI against the level of movement. But then also thinking about which ones you communicate to continue to instill belief with your board and the wider business while still trying to deliver, while still communicating to the board and your team and all the other functions. I mean, it feels like a lot, Rach. Yeah, but I think I thought a lot about this is when I first started out, one of my first FMGG roles was at Craft, now Mondelez. And I remember someone drawing me a diagram with marketing in the middle, 
and all the functions around the other functions around the outside. And I don't think that's true anymore. I think mm. we're almost like, you know, loads of dots on a page that we have lines going in and out and back and forth with all the other functions because ultimately we're trying to deliver the business objective. And marketing is one of the levers. And and my I remember being called out by my commercial director to say, Rachel, there's more to delivering the annual business plan than just the consumer marketing plan. And I always have that at the back of my mind is the consumer marketing plan is one of the elements that the CEO and the board are looking at when they're also thinking about, well, what's the tech roadmap to achieve X, Y, and Z to make the website work faster or whatever it might be, as much as what the consumer marketing plan is, that I think we are much more a set of dots that get joined up than we are marketing in the middle with all the other functions sitting around us. And also, I think it's good to have that wider team because it gives you more points of influence. If more people know what you're trying to achieve, mm. then they hopefully are talking to their bosses about it and their bosses may or may not be sitting on the board or close to the board. So there are more stakeholders who are aware of what you're trying to do. And also you've got that common goal together and you're all clear about what you're trying to achieve. So I think having that team element is so important, but equally you all need to know what you're trying to drive towards. And also, how do you talk to it at different levels? So one of our board metrics is about brand's positivity that comes off our tracker that we know is a key kind of indicator of sales performance. But equally, what we found was there was a YouGov metric that correlated really strongly with it, which is a really lovely question is, have you seen or heard anything about the National Lottery brand in the last two weeks? And for me, when the teams are thinking about what they're doing and the marketing campaigns that they're delivering to think about, okay, is what I'm laying down here going to have an impact that means a consumer can go, yes, I've seen or heard something from the National Lottery in the last two weeks. That's a really human way for someone to go, is this plan big enough? Is it coordinated enough? Knowing that we've got so many elements, we've got to make sure that we're selling our propositions that ultimately drive the sales and returns to good causes. But equally, we need to help consumers understand the purpose behind the National Lottery, which is all about some of the good cause stories and it's slightly softer, but actually can, as the plans are coordinated, if a member of the marketing team can think about whichever part of marketing they're working and go, oh, is what I'm trying to deliver going to make a consumer go, oh, yeah, I have heard about TNR the last two weeks. That is so much more simple than to think about all the other brand metrics, because I think within a 17-person marketing team, there's going to be some people that are much more into the numbers and some people who are much more divorced from the numbers. So how do you create that coordination that everyone realises what we're trying to do, which is all about making the National Lottery relevant in national life, but equally on a day-to-day basis, able to think about what they're doing and how it's going to have an impact. Agree. And buy-in, if you want to give it a terminology or alignment and inspiration, you know, they're all skills that I've outlined in the book, but are fundamental for us to moving the dial for marketing. So we're not seen as just the ones with the connection to the consumer, although very important because, you know, core principle of marketing is to identify, anticipate and satisfy the wants and needs of consumers, but to allow marketing to be the engine of growth, to allow marketing to lead that commercial agenda. It is, I love your analogy about just connecting all of the dots as opposed to sitting in the middle. It's really about how do we work collaboratively creating and defining the same goal. And I also love the second point you made around actually, once you get really clear on the metrics that you are looking to move, they almost inform the work that you do as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. But also, I think we've got in our marketing team, we've got two things going on. We've got our business results that we're trying to deliver about driving sales and returns to good causes and keeping the National Lottery brand front and centre for the consumer. But we've also got our marketing team ethos, which is all about being curious, fearless, effective and embracing the world of change. And that has really helped us as a team galvanise and try and do different stuff because that's almost like our what is all about our business objectives and our how has made us constantly pursue being better for ourselves because some marketeers will have their whole career potentially working on the National Lottery brand and others might choose to move away from Camelot and the National Lottery and actually having that mentality enables people to be empowered and grow whilst ultimately driving um, for the business results whether it's that in short or long term. So on that point about empowering and growing, I'm sure there's many listeners listening to you with all your passion around how to develop effectiveness internally. What would be your advice about where they start? I think you start with the classic diagnosis strategy and tactics. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to solve for? What's the context? And then how are you going to measure? And I also think you also have to educate everyone on what you're doing. What are the metrics that matter? So the team focus on shifting them. And then equally thinking about all the elements that drive those metrics and Whilst we have a mega media budget, we spend over £100 million a year on media, but it's not just about media effectiveness. We've had a massive focus on creative quality as well. We've worked with System One for a number of years and really thought about their five-star ad and that has been a holy grail for our wider marketing team, which we finally delivered with our Christmas love story ad. So to really think about that, but you don't just get great ads from having a sense of direction and a level of ambition. I think, you know, if you've got your diagnosis, your strategy and KPIs, you also need a brilliant brief. And I think we spoke about this earlier, but it's more than a brief, a partnership with your agencies or Mm. internal partners who you work with to achieve that business outcome. And I think we've been on a massive journey in terms of our brief. We do an annual brief, which is kind of thinking big picture, what are we trying to achieve for the year? And then we break down the year into the moments that matter to the consumer and write briefs against that. And within that, there are then creative briefs. But actually, to write that first annual brief, we don't just sit as a marketing team and go, here's a brief, hand it over. We've actually done workshops. So we go, right, what's the business ambition for next year? This is kind of our North Star. It might change as we go through board engagement, but broadly, a sense of where we're going. And then having workshops and conversations with our agency partners as to what we should be thinking about and including and not including. And after a couple of workshops, we then write the brief. And so it's almost not a surprise to them because everything that we've talked about on our workshop journey is sitting in the brief. When we then do the brief, we try and make it magical for the team. So there is an element of surprise. So if I think about the summer brief, which our new National Lottery lotto work, then you add pockets with the couple who the guy who keeps losing his ticket and then ultimately they win. The team that briefed that, it was January when it was briefed, but actually they were thinking about summer. So they actually scented the room with freshly cut grass and made it feel summery and amazing and engaging so that there was an element of freshness. The agency knew what was coming down the track, but actually they were inspired in that moment. And I think getting your agencies inspired and having a strong working relationship means that they will challenge you because they think you're doing the wrong thing. So having that shared ambition and vision, you offering them inspiration, but equally having them have honest conversations where they feel like they can challenge and both sides can have concessions that you get better outputs 
And also equally, when you do get outputs, that's not as good that as a client that you call it so that the agencies know the kind of ambition and standards. Whereas I think that whole death by a thousand cuts that you've got the script or response in front of you, you go, oh, that's not right. So could you maybe change this or could you change that is actually worse, I think, for agencies. And if you go, do you know what? This isn't the answer we were looking for. Let's call the meeting. Let's either take time out and have a reconnection and then go back. And even though it kills your timeline, I think ultimately you'll get to better work as a result. Great advice about building partnerships and taking that brave action when it's not going in the direction that you want it to. And all with the focus of great work, those five-star System 1 rated ads. Now, recently, you judged the Marketing Effectiveness Awards for Marketing Week. Yes. What were you looking for in great work when you were reviewing those applications? It sounds silly, but making sure first off that the award had answered the criteria. So if there was something in the question, have you actually answered the question? And then is there good storytelling with a clear thread going through what was the diagnosis, what was the strategy, what's the tactics and what's the results. And, you know, knowing that the award celebrated creativity, innovation, effectiveness. So had the entries truly brought that to life? And then selfishly, as a marketeer, knowing that curiosity is really helpful to understand what I can learn from reading all of those awards and my kind of thoughts and reflections as a result. And what were some of those thoughts and reflections? I think seeing the different agencies and approaches that are out there, I think that was fascinating. And certainly a few more agency partners came on my radar now that I hadn't really known about before, which was really interesting. So I now know, oh, if I've got this type of problem, maybe I'd like to talk to X, Y, and Z agency. The other thing I think is I'm always admire those people who can create brilliant results on a small budget. And also those awards and even if they don't make the shortlist but they've clearly written with a load of passion because having written award papers they are hard work Mm. yeah and you have to put so much into them so making the passion and the story and the clarity of thinking come through you have to respect anyone who enters the award because you're being brave by putting yourself out there you're putting in the time effort and money to take part in the award ceremony and then just thinking about who's good at storytelling is so important and i think storytelling is a theme through everything we as marketers do whether mm-hmm. you're getting buy-in from the board whether you're asking your boss for something whether you're getting your teams to engage in a new project or even with award papers storytelling is what we do storytelling is what we do and such an important part of our roles and I love what you said there about reflecting on what you could learn from the award papers that you, in the entries that you were reviewing. Now, in that reflective state, I'd love to hear your career highs and lows. I think career highs and lows are linked to the bosses that I've had. And it sounds bonkers, but I think a brilliant boss has got a sense of direction of where they want to take the business or they want potentially you to focus your energy. They will support you, but they will also challenge you. And the reason I got into brand management was I did part of my year out at Guinness in Germany. And my boss there was, you know, marketing manager, Andrew Kinsey. And one of my jobs, sound bonkers, was I used to make the coffee for the whole marketing team every single morning. And he was like, well, Rachel, you're just going to take a week off holiday. Who's going to do the coffee? I was like, well, I don't know. And he taught me the art of upwards delegation. He's like, Rachel, you can't go on holiday because part of your role within the team is you sort out the coffees in the morning, make sure the coffee is on. Who's going to do it? So I literally then ended up writing a memo. That's how long ago it was that photocopied and put on everybody's desk in terms of what needed to be done to make sure he in particular got his coffee (laughs) whilst I was away. 
And I think upwards delegation is a really important part. And I always say to my team, you know, if you're struggling to do stuff, don't be afraid to ask me to play my part. So that was kind of my very first marketing boss many, many, many years ago. Another great boss was Marie when I worked on Dairy Lee. And she really saw that I'd worked on loads and loads of fun projects. And I, as a result, had got a reputation as the person who consumer promotions, putting pop stars on the London Eye and hanging out with Liberty X. And whilst I had commercial capability, no one in the business saw that because they saw me as the person who was coming up with, oh, we're doing this fluffier side of marketing as opposed to the commercial P&L side of marketing. And she really noticed that actually my reputation was suffering as a result because while she could see that I could do commercial and creative, nobody else in the business could. And she made a specific effort to make sure that I started doing more projects that showed that I had the commercial credibility that was needed for me to progress within the organization. So I think of us who can recognize the stuff you're good at. And also making sure others are aware. So that whole thing of having your back and believing in you and giving you opportunities and really empowers you. And I guess most recently, sadly, someone who we said goodbye to in terms of Keith Moore, who was our CMO at Camelot, who really was a truly visionary leader who gave you a project level of empowerment, but equally wasn't afraid to really challenge you. And particularly last year's Christmas campaign, he was dead against it at first. And I was like, Keith, I really believe we have to do this. And yeah, I built the evidence up and had several conversations to a certain extent he got to the stage where he goes oh Rachel so I was talking to uh, Nigel our CEO at the time about our Christmas campaign he goes sorry your Christmas campaign <laughs> and 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 for him to kind of be having been so dead against something to then start talking about it being you know very much his idea I was like all oh, right I've nailed it it was worth all of the challenging conversations and now you're on it and you're up for it and we're off and running and I think he was again full of vision but also very empowering and someone you knew would have your back and defend you and I think that allows personally found if I've got someone who's in my corner and equally but not just to go oh you're doing a good job but to go oh is this the best you can do actually gets the best out of me I actually you know in the color color wheel work really well with reds people often think I'm a red person I'm a bit more yellow than that but I really love working with kind of those tougher characters they make me do my very best work but equally I kind of enjoy the engagement working with them And then there's not just um, brilliant bosses, but business outcomes, stuff I'm still proud of. And it's still in market now, but if you go through Duty Free and you see a shiny copper pack of Toffee Fee, that was the very first product I worked on in my first job. And for me, when as a marketeer, if you deliver something to market and it sticks and it stays around, to know that something's still out there 20 years later makes me really, really proud. So was it's a small thing and it costs, I think it was like a 16% product on cost at the time. And the business wasn't keen about it, but having spent that money it allowed us to gain so much more distribution and therefore increased our sales and those little things changes that are still sticking around you know some of the things that I'm really proud of and then the lows also I'd say center on bosses so let's not go into the worst list of boss but I think there is important to have an honest and open relationship and listening to you listening to what your direct report is saying and then the flop of my career (laughs) was when I worked on Mr Kipling and got business investment signed off for nearly three million pounds of machinery for a product called cake bikes that just didn't work in market so the high would be getting the business case of the worst thing and just creating something that ultimately didn't work in market even though there was a consumer need the product delivery wasn't quite what they were looking for and then running around to find a different way to use that machine so it got the uh, capex return in the end any learnings from the cake bites 
it's hard because when I think back to it, I think the business was so desperate to get into that bite size market, but really our products didn't quite meet it. The investment was the right thing to do and the product did research well, but actually even the sales team weren't bought into it. And I think there's something, even though by the time you're briefing the sales team, if your sales team can't buy into something, then then quite often they're the route to the consumer. So there is something, and I always think that any kind of end product selling, if your intermediary isn't engaged, you'll never get the consumer result. So I do think whether it's a sales team or the retail team, if they're enthusiastic about something, you will fly. Sometimes too late, early warning sign if a sales team or the retailer isn't that interested. Great piece of advice. Once again, reiterating the importance of buy-in. Rachel, you shared so much already on today's podcast. And thank you on behalf of all of our listeners. We always finish the podcast with the following question. What one piece of advice would you give to marketers of tomorrow? I know at the moment there's loads and loads of industry chat about AI. But for me, ultimately, it's all about humans. Our consumers are humans. So we need to understand what makes them tick and what matters. We work with humans. So you need to build relationships in. And we are humans. So Be kind to yourself, choose and respect your boundaries and work to your values. Great piece of advice. And thank you again for your time. Pleasure. Really, really enjoyed today's conversation. Thanks, Abby. Thank you for tuning into the Whole Marketer podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do like, follow and share. The Whole Marketer is here to support and empower you and your teams with the latest technical skills, soft and leadership skills and behaviours and personal understanding for a successful, fulfilling marketing career and life as a whole. For support, resources and more information on how we can help you to become a Whole Marketer and build Whole Marketing teams, go to www.thewholemarketer.com.